his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome. I tell you, we've got quite a show um, because of our producers here at WCCO. My producers are Craig Schofer, Chris Tubbs, and of course, the ever-loving Jonathan Lowe. Jonathan, I can't tell you how many people would call and tell me, or they'll they'll stop and see me somewhere and go, yeah, I like that Jonathan guy. Now, don't let that go to your head. <laughs> I, I, what you don't expect, what you don't see coming, I don't know how you can let that go to your head. That's, uh, that's a new one on me. It's a new yeah, one on me. There you go. There you go. Okay, Twins Baseball returns Friday as they kick off the second half of their season in Milwaukee as they take on the Brewers, right? Actually, actually that's not correct. Oh. They, they don't start. This is very odd. Very strange. They don't start back after the All-Star break until Saturday. What? Yeah. I looked at it last week. I'm actually going to be helping to fill in uh, board roles, producing roles next week. And Friday is going to be no twins. Uh, it's not going to be till Saturday. Why? What happened? I, uh, I don't know if this is something that happened because of the... So, so what happened, and I forgot this at, uh, up until I was actually talking to my father la- uh, earlier this week. Mm-hmm. So the All-Star game is later than it would usually be. Usually it takes place the first or second thir- uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, Tuesday in July. And so the fact that it's not happening until the 19th, that's a little bit late for the All-Star game to happen. But what happened before the season was that there was a lockout. There was a uh, labor and management or ownership lockout. And so that pushed back the start of the season. So because of that, I think they changed some stuff around. They changed the entire schedule around uh, because there were, there were games that were missed. It went into the first couple of weeks of the regular season. And so they had to get a spring training. They had to get this, the season started a little bit later than normal. And that pushed back, I believe, the All-Star game. And I think it changed what was going to happen with the scheduling, with with how the, the, the break ended and how the break began. I just mentioned this over the air. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the Dodgers are hosting the All-Star game, and the Los Angeles Angels, based in Anaheim, well, that's another story. Um, but those two were playing in a series this weekend. They actually had today off, which is extremely rare. They had a Sunday off. It's a, It's rare to have a Sunday off period and have the Sunday before the All-Star break off. I've never seen that happen. So there there might have been, because of the lockout, because of the schedule change, some changes in how this break is being handled. But because of that, the Twins are not back until Saturday. 
No kidding. Wow. It's amazing how things change up when you don't see it coming, right? And then it surprises you and go, wow, how right. did that happen, and, right? And, Who was in the meeting and how was that decision made? Oh, boy. You, <laughs> Who you was in the room where it happened? You don't want to know about the meeting because the, the thing with labor disagreements, as as you well know, being a member of the of the, the SAG after union and, and mm-hmm. uh, after before that, Labor meetings can be very intense, and uh, they can drag on. And you have deadlines that are set for these things, and there are times when they just they just bypass them. They just do not meet the deadline, and so then you have to readjust, and that's what happened in, uh, in this case with baseball this season. Okay, so here's the thing, though. Everyone is paying attention to <laughs> the trillionaire, yeah, you know, Tesla, um, who seriously decided I'm pulling away from this deal. I mean, can you oh, imagine? talking about Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine a trillionaire who says, I got the money, no problem. What was it, $444 million? Or uh, forty-four billion? Uh, something $44 like billion. $44 billion. billion. There you go, $44 billion. I mean, that's like, you know, candy money for him. <laughs> He's like a trillionaire. So it just bl- blows your mind that Musk could even do something like that. Just like it blows our mind when you hear something really unusual about a sports team or a decision that's made for that team. So it's incredible. These are incredible times. And I have to ask you, as a, as a meteorologist, that storm we had about four days ago, um, I saw some clips online. I saw clips on television. Um, of course, our local news, Channel 4, Channel 5, Channel 9, and 11 did a great job. But I have to, to tell you, I, I was surprised that they didn't put some of the the posts that other people posted on Facebook and other um, other other social media because there were some really terrifying clouds that were happening. I'll have to send you one that a, a friend of mine did, and it was um, in the in the parking lot or over the parking lot of a Target in the Minneapolis area, and it just blew my mind. Can you talk a little bit about that storm four days ago? So I'm I'm trying to remember that one. Um, you said it was four days ago, so that had been Thursday. Yeah, and that was in the morning. It was either th- it was either Wednesday or Thursday. It was in. I didn't know about this storm at all um, until I was on my way home from my daughter's house in St. Paul. And I'm driving down 94, and I'm thinking, wow, what what are those clouds? That's weird. It was just such a strange thing to see. They were uh, looked like wall clouds, right? But they were pointing or, or bending down, like one side of it would bend as though it's going to land on you know, in the city. It just was so strange. And my friend who took it at the Target park, like, parking lot, there were people running to their cars because it looked like a tornado was going sideways, going down as like it was going to hit the, the uh, parking lot. It was the strangest thing, but it never touched all the way to the parking lot. But it looked like people could literally reach up and touch it. Now, if they could or not, I don't know. But it looked like you could reach up and touch it. So I'm, I'm getting a look at uh, uh, Minnesota Public Radio that had, looks like a time lapse of this storm uh, from Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Uh, now, it was Wednesday morning, I believe, that it came through. And to be honest, I was asleep. Uh, it, I, it, I know a storm system came through before I woke up and started working this week, and I believe it was Wednesday. But... Basically, what this is, what they're explaining is what these clouds were called are shelf clouds. 
And yeah. shelf clouds and wall clouds are kind of in the same type of family where you're talking about clouds that extend down a little bit lower than a the little main, bit. A, a little, little bit. bit. Come on, meteorologist. A, a little bit. It, it it depends on where the base of that that main storm is, but trust me, if it's if it's going way down, if it's going down closer to the ground, it's usually going to be a funnel. You're not going to have a shelf cloud or a wall cloud that extends really close to the surface of of the Earth. Uh, they're going to have some distance there between the the cloud base and the ground. So that's why I say a little bit. It's a little bit considering. Um, but shelf clouds, you're looking at basically your cloud base, your your you have what's called a downdraft. That's your rain shaft. That's your rain, um, your your extended rain base is called a rain shaft, and that's that's part of what's called a downdraft. That's air from above rushing down toward the ground. When you have that downdraft, what happens is the air hits the ground, comes back up, gets pushed back up off of the surface, and it can produce smaller clouds and lower clouds ahead of the cloud base those are called your shelf clouds so so it's basically the 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 atmosphere has a bigger rush of air has a bigger pool of air to build these bigger clouds but in those clouds it's kind of like when you have fire weather mm-hmm. uh fire fire uh, large um um, wildfires can create mm-hmm. their own weather systems because of the air that is moving in and around and down and up from all the fire. Like you can see a tornado in the middle of the fire. Correct. Yeah. And so that's kind of what can happen when you have a shelf cloud is that the weather inside of that bigger ominous cloud is creating its own smaller weather system just outside of it. So have you ever seen that before? Yeah, I've seen a shelf cloud. You've or witnessed two. that, yes. okay? And were they terrifying to you or no? I mean, they may get the get the the stomach churning a touch, but it's not like I'm going to go down toward the basement area, the lower level, just at that point. But you, but you have an awareness of it. Let me say, tell you something. Last Thursday. A whole lot of folks started thinking about Jesus. Well, I that. Here's, the thi- here's, the thi- here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Seriously, when when you have shelf clouds, those don't necessarily are going to have rotation. Those aren't necessarily. No, I go- understand that. Yeah. So, but it seems like it's dropping, just slowly dropping and coming closer to to touching the land. That's all I'm saying. I don't right. understand that. It looks like an old-fashioned vacuum cleaner or something no, sometimes, no. you know? Like it's going to reach down and vacuum up the whole area. I don't understand it. I don't understand it, and I, I just need to read more, study more, or or go to school and become a meteorologist, something. I just need more information because I have looked at tons of pictures and images of um, wall clouds and what was the other one you called Shelf it? clouds. Uh, shelf, shelf clouds. I've looked at so many of those, and some are just I don't know how people do it in in various countries, or you know, is this something that can happen anywhere? Who knows? It, it, um, our country is a little bit more unique because of the the placement on the planet where it is. It where you're talking about the latitude or the longitude and the latitude of where our 
our system is, where I'm sorry, where our country is. And that's why you have these dynamic weather systems because you're facing the colder pool of air that's constantly toward the poles. You're facing the warmer pool of air as you get closer and closer to the equator. So we're in a temperate zone. We're in a zone at latitude where you're going to have that battle of hot and cold. Australia is very similar to this. Parts of South America are, are, are similar to this. But this is the main country where you talk about these type of systems, where you talk about tornadoes and you talk about these long straight line wind events is because that battle between the heat and the cool is very constant in this country, especially when you go from late March through late September. Right. And that's tornado season. What about a hurricane? It goes until when? Hurricane season usually is June 1st through November 1st. Mm. Okay. And I've been seeing a lot. I saw a lot of lightning that night on my way home. It was dark outside, but there were circles above the clouds, but it looked very ominous, but you could see light. And my mother even said to me, how do you see, you know, if it's 10 o'clock at night, that means, you know, it's nighttime. (laughs) How in the world do you have those? bright skies in the middle of a circle. I mean, the middle of this dark beast. And she, she said, well, how, how does that happen? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> well, again, just like most anything else, you can have reflection uh, and refraction from light that's on the ground. You can have it from the electricity that's in the air. If you, co- if you constantly have cloud-to-cloud lightning, you're going to see a lot of the the residual light from those lightning strikes because you're not going to see the bolts going from cloud to cloud all the time. Um, But lightning is a little bit different just because the amount of electricity, the amount of juice in the atmosphere is usually going to determine how much lightning there is. You could have a lot of juice in the atmosphere and have storms but not have a ton of lightning. But you could have storms that are not going to be overly severe but have a ton of lightning. It all it all depends on the electricity that's in the atmosphere at that given moment. Now I know we have to take a break, but I have one last question for you. Have you ever had that had to leave your place and go to shelter? I've done it a couple of times. I've I uh, a few weeks ago when we had the severe storms that were coming through the metro area, I went down from uh, my apartment, which is on the third level of the building. I went down to the uh, lowest down the lowest floor floor mm-hmm. where the underground garage is. I did that. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I, I've I've done that a couple of times, and I try to be aware. Um, okay, but again, it's uh, uh, I, I try I, I leave that up to the the true professionals over the National Weather Service to keep us informed, which which they do a very good job of, and keep us aware of when the most severe of the weather is going to come through. Got it. All right, we got to take a break, and uh, we'll come back with some weather in a moment. Do you hear that thunder in the back? See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. And as you heard, um, Jonathan Lowe, he is a trained meteorologist, and we were talking about these really strange clouds. There are two of them, and we want to know the difference between the two. Give it to us. Okay, so first of all, I do want to give credit. A listener called in and did correct me, and, and it is part of this little blurb here. This is from Sven Sungard. This is where I'm seeing this information right now. He did 
uh, a blurb on uh, Minnesota Public Radio. I believe he's also with Bring Me the Bring Me the News, formerly of Care Eleven. And so this is how Sven described that uh, deal that happened Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night where this all happened. So a shelf cloud is different from a wall cloud, where a wall cloud is a large rotating cloud that is the base of a large rotating updraft in a supercell thunderstorm. So an updraft is, again, where you're having air being sucked upward higher into the cloud, where a downdraft is where it's coming down from the cloud to the ground. A shelf cloud develops on the leading edge of a rain-cooled downdraft coming out from a thunderstorm. That cooled air moves up from the storm, pushes warmer, more humid air up and over it, and then you get that condensation that you see with other clouds. So those. So are the I'm two... assuming that the first one was the most unusual one? No, 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 no. Wall clouds no? happen. Wall clouds happen quite a bit. But again, the two things that you need to know about wall clouds are that they are, ca- they are caused through updrafts and they, are caused, they have rotation. Those are the two things you need to know about a wall cloud. A shelf cloud has no rotation and is caused from a downdraft. It's caused from the air coming down to the earth, down. being mm-hmm. pushed back up, you know, basically basically bouncing like a Super Bowl off of the ground and then being sent back up and cooling off again to form that little that little thin layer of clouds in front of the thunderstorms. Wow, so different. I can imagine what children, you know, eight-year-old or a 10-year-old looking up at the sky, what do they think? You know, what do they assume or what do they think it comes from? So I'm glad that you made that very clear. I sure wasn't clear on it. Uh, my brother Billy loves to play a meteorologist from time to time. He's really good at it, um, you know, but these are the things you really have to know what you're talking about. And again, um, credit I, credit to Sven Sungard. He's the man that did this. So he, he puts it together. He's always been, uh, as long as I've seen him on air and and been in this area he's been very good about explaining things and trying to uh make sure that everyone can understand the weather phenomenon that is going on going on around them yeah exactly all right then we're going to come up with some weather here in a moment and uh, jonathan thank you for, for that clarity and for giving the credit where it's due i really respect that and we'll take a break and be back in a moment His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It is now 7.37 here at WCCL. Welcome back. We're here to talk about ways that you can protect your children when it comes to estate planning. Now, we have talked about estate planning for females, for women, you know, who may be single and how can they, they can get started with it. So many different ways. But children, that's a whole different story. So I hope you will really pay attention tonight because we know that parents who do just about anything to protect their children would absolutely care about estate planning for them. For parents without a plan, this leaves the fate of their children in the hands of others. So to help avoid that, local attorney Philip J. Roos from Stone Arch Law is joining us with tips to protect our children with estate planning. And he joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, Philip. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. Good evening. Oh, it's great to have you back. Okay, so we've talked about women and so much more when it comes to making sure your children are taken care of. Is that a whole nother piece of itself, like set aside? Or when mothers are, single mothers are trying to do their estate, do they are they being told it's important to make sure your children are protected? Right, and I think it all just sort of extends from each other. I mean, these are all going to be interrelated on some level. An estate plan for anybody, for whatever reason you're, you're creating it, is really to make sure that your assets are being uh, distributed to the right people, the right time, the right way, for the right reasons. And that can be anything. It's, it's a very personal decision. I think when it comes to parents in particular, whether your children are adults or if they're very young children, we want to make sure that that's being distributed in a way that, that reflects our values. There's some default rules out there that don't always do what we think they do. So we want to make sure that we're uh, creating our own rules for what happens to, uh, for our money and, and for our kids. And of course, when it comes to young children, we have that added uh, concern about who would actually provide physical care for these, these young people, who would be the guardian of them. Exactly. And a health directive does that for us. You know, we want to make sure that our wishes are made and done um, near the end of life or if you're just going through a very difficult time. Of course, you want to make sure you have that health directive. This is the same thing, except this is about having your wishes clearly communicated when it comes to your children. Is that the definition of it? Is that how we should simply look at it? You know, that's, that's a great way to put it. I've never really thought of it that way, that we're, what we're doing in some ways is I do a health care directive for myself so that my physical care is taken care of without having to involve the court system. And the reason we appoint our guardians is, is if something happened to, for example, I have, very, I have three very young kids, they're all under five years old. If something happened to my wife and I, we also want to make sure we're reflecting those values, not just for the, the, the physical care, but for the care of the money as well. I, I think that's very accurate. You know, well, some of the challenges that we um, hear from uh, my friends, especially the women in my life, is, you know, what happens if I lose my estate plans? You know, where where should mm-hmm. I keep it? If I lose it, then who do I go to? Does, does the law, will the laws change several times? Let's say if you lose it, you know, 15 years later, are the laws still yeah. the same? So first off, I would I would commend those individuals because that means they did some planning. So they did realize that these defaults 
these backup laws aren't enough. They don't do what they probably want to do. So they've created some sort of plan. They've created a will document. They've created the will's close cousin, which is called a revocable trust. I think we might touch on that a little tonight. Uh, so what happens if you create those documents and then they've disappeared? And we do, we do run into that. So what's, what's very important with this is, first off, whichever attorney, but this is much better if it's been done professionally, the law office where it was created probably has records of what happened. Our office here at Stonehenge Law Office, we keep uh, scanned, encrypted, signed copies indefinitely. But also, I think within the family, it's important to communicate that you have a plan and make sure people know uh, where it is. We like to make sure that folks uh, have a, an electronic copy with their financial advisor if they have one. If not, we do send them electronic copies for their own you know, cloud-based apps or to share with the family if they're comfortable with that. So part of it's going to be communication. Okay, so when you when you have a will or something like that, you automatically just kind of breathe and sigh and smile and go, okay, took care of that, check that off. And then you think that it's taking care of itself. But like an estate plan, it isn't, correct? Right. The, the, the well, And what, what we try to do here is we want to focus on that peace of mind. Sometimes it's not the same thing, but sometimes I, I get a comparison uh, to maybe life insurance. It's not pleasant to think about getting life insurance. It's not pleasant to think about the process. But when it's done, you sigh and you say, like you said, you know, okay, this is, all right, check. And that's a very, very important thing to have done, and it's done. And I think that's what the families with whom we work get when they, when they, when they finish this process is I like to think we make it easy and very approachable. But even so, when it's done, things are signed, check, check it off. And then it is important to make sure it's tracked and updated. We don't want to keep things too, um, we don't want to keep a lot of things to get too stale. There's a very lighthearted rule of thumb that we use. Uh, you mentioned rules changing. Yes. Uh, a will document is a court document. A will document is a letter to a judge. It controls uh, the probate process, this, this administrative court proceeding where our stuff is distributed and creditors get to make claims against an estate. We don't want to submit 20-year-old court documents. We want to make sure these are updated and that they reflect uh, not just the laws, but our own values and our changing family. So we usually tell folks that if your will document is 20 years old, you just need to redo it. If you don't amend it, don't change it, don't hope for the best, just redo it every 20 years. And that's good. I mean, it means the last 20 years usually by default. Um, of course, if you've had other big life changes, marriages, divorces, you know, that it by itself is good. Probably indicate an update, but keep it up to date, keep it fresh, and make sure that, that you maintain that peace of mind of knowing that your family would be cared for. What happens if you don't, though? Does, it, does that mean mm -hmm. you, don't, you may not get everything you thought you were going to get? Right. So if we, there's a couple things that can happen here. So a very common thing. So first of all, address an aging estate plan that just wasn't updated. Typically speaking, whatever is in the will document, and I'm using the will as an example, there's a couple tools we can use, but I'll just talk about a will. Uh, a will document is overriding these default estate uh, intestacy statutes. There's these default rules out there that everybody gets. If you don't have a plan, you're getting the state rules. That is your estate plan. It probably doesn't do what you think it does. So what we're doing is we're over, overwriting those with our own values, our own wishes, and that's, that's a will. So... What has happened then is if, if the courts like to see things happen a certain way, they have certain requirements. If you have an old will document that's 25 years old and it was done properly and it was signed properly with the appropriate witnesses, notaries, et cetera, you do all the formalities, it will still get admitted. But once it's admitted, now what's going to happen? And we have seen so many ambiguities in these plans. We've seen so many 
references to people who have you know died or they've just been a falling falling out or there's they only named two kids but now there's six kids or there's grandkids or the charity that they want to give money to doesn't exist anymore we just got to be very careful of that and when we're dealing with something that's going through the court system a court document we just got to be careful if it's too ambiguous we may have to throw these provisions out of the will document and use these backup rules which again you may not even know what they say instead so keep that document updated the other thing and, the, and probably the more common thing is folks just don't have a plan. And if they don't have a plan, we're going to use these, again, these backup rules that, again, if you don't know what they are, are you comfortable with that being your state plan or, or should we do something about that? The cost of estate planning is, um, is, has skyrocketed. You know, I know people who got estate plans done, <clears throat> you know, decades ago, and all of a sudden you want to update it or you want to look at it and say, yeah, 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 I want to make sure I add this and add that. And the cost has gone up quite significantly. Mm-hmm. I, I think it has. I think that, and it depends. There's a range of things to do because if we're looking to just make sure we're controlling the probate process, I'm not ever going to say that lawyers are inexpensive, but there, it depends how elaborate we want to get with the plan. There are plans that are, you know, I don't know. I mean, a, a few hours of lawyer's time. It depends on, on what that, how that lawyer calculates that time. But there's certainly, if you go, uh, especially to some of the really large law firms, there's some estates that are multi-million dollar estates with dozens and dozens of people involved, and there's these twenty and thirty thousand dollar estate plans. Unlikely for most people. The people listening to this broadcast, my family included, um, probably not not there. But uh, you know what was it? But what we're focusing on again is is going to be that peace of mind. So is there value in knowing that we've done this in a way that reflects our family? And because it was done by a professional, do we feel and do we do we know that uh, I can rest easy at night? This was done properly. And sometimes maybe we want to invest a little bit in that process. Yeah. So now you suggested if you have children and no estate estate plans with named guardians, a judge will choose who watches over your children. That could be someone who you wouldn't have chosen. That's absolutely terrifying for a parent to read. It is. There's uh, there's a statute. So the statutes, these default rules, they, they spell out everything. They spell out every possible possibility. Numerous, you've had numerous marriages, you've had kids from previous people, or it's all been in this same family, whatever it is, the statute has something that's going to happen in that scenario. And if you don't know what it is, you, you don't know what it is. I mean, you may not know what you don't know. Uh, so who's going to care for my children? When we're talking about who should care for kids, that is something that can be appointed directly in the will document. So what the what the, the statute says is the first priority is whoever's named in the will. So if you have a will, this is your opportunity to make that decision on who uh, about who will will care for my young kids. The most common one that we see is we see young parents. So it's, these are people again, very young children, uh, naming their parents to care for their kids, and that's a great choice. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, that's probably actually a very good choice, and probably some shared values there. We always got to be a little careful, though. One thing that you're allowed to do is you're allowed to say, I nominate these people as guardians of my minor children. If they're unable or unwilling, then you can name a backup or another backup, and as many as you want. And we like to see at our office here at Stone Arch Law, we like to see at least two backups. We like to see the main person you'd like to have serving and then two more. And in that chain, we probably want to have at least someone in there who is of your generation. So, for example... Uh, my wife and I started a little later in life having kids. We have these young kids. My parents are in their early 70s. Uh, my wife's are too. And you can picture 
you know, an 18 year old being cared for by people who are 90. And is that an ideal situation? And it might not be. And perhaps we won't make sure that somewhere in line there, we've got like a sibling or a close cousin or even some close friends you've talked to who maybe share your values. But here's the thing. We used to be, it used to be that you would, you know, have your children christened in church and then you would have the godparents say, yes, I will take care of the child and make sure that all your needs are, all their needs are met according to what you have suggested or, or demanded. And nowadays, you don't even know who the godparents are. And by the way, I don't even have one. So, you know, we, we don't we do not do that anymore. Now, we have to deal with a lot of legalese. And that's a whole yeah. nother ball game. Tell us how we can get an understanding of what this writing is in this important document called the estate plan. Right. I think that there's, there's a couple we want to make sure we're doing here. It comes to young kids. So first of all, I'm going to advocate working, and I, I know this can come off as biased coming from an estate planning attorney, but I've seen plans that are do-it-yourself uh, versus those that are done by someone who does this sometimes versus you know, like a dedicated estate planning attorney, and they end up being very different plans. If you're working with someone who does this regularly, they're probably, or at least I would hope they would, uh, lead with education. So they're going to lead with helping you understand what it is we're going to do. The documents do have legalese. The reason for that is because these documents are talking. You'd think they'd be talking to your family. They're not. They're talking to the court. So they're using court and lawyer language. And that's just the way it is because those things do mean very specific things. And it doesn't have can... to be just the way it is. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> you know, no, no, seriously, because so many people make so many mistakes when it comes to legalese. Yeah. So it's important that we understand. You know that words matter. You are very clear on that. And so if I'm yeah. in sitting in, in an office with you mm-hmm. and you're telling me or trying to explain something to me and I say to you, I don't understand, I don't understand that. No, 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 I don't understand that. Then we should stop until there is an understanding. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The words of the document might need to read a certain way, depending on what it is that you that you want to happen. Because, again, the audience for this thing is is the court system and it has to read for them. But that doesn't mean that you have to just blindly accept uh, that this is something that I don't understand. If you're if you're working with uh, an estate planning professional, they've probably probably heard your question before or something similar to it. Um, and if they haven't, they, they still are going to have a fairly in-depth understanding of what every sentence in this thing means. So if you are working with a professional, do stop that conversation and, and ask for clarification. Exactly. Ideally, that exactly. professional is walking you through this in a way where these are clear as you're going. But absolutely, you, would, you wouldn't want it. You wouldn't want it. I want a law. I want us to have a law that says you cannot deliver legalese you really unless you make sure that yeah. the people understand it i am so sorry that we have run out of time uh philip but thank Absolutely. you so much for joining us tonight and if people want to reach out to you where do they go they go to stone arch like the bridge in minneapolis stonearchlaw.com we have a number of videos and downloadable resources if they'd like to connect with us um, they can certainly make an appointment with the team if they have questions and we'd love to hear from i really appreciate it you take care you too have a wonderful night Thank you. We'll be back. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is now 7.56 here at WCCO. Welcome back. And, of course, as we wrap up this hour, um, just know that it's really important when we talk about these things, especially when it comes to our children. And I know you probably sit back and go, oh, my gosh, here we go again. It costs so much money. How do I do this? Well, find a way. You can always get um, from many of the attorneys, whether it's an estate planner or whatever, but there are attorneys out there that will talk to you for an hour or even half an hour and just say, hey, what are you looking at? What do you need? How do you th- – what, what questions do you have now? So don't forget about that as well. All right, coming up next, you guys, we're going to talk about cultural districts. Minneapolis, in Minneapolis, the history of the Minneapolis cultural districts. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 